Welcome to the Expansion Pack Podcast, a show where we unlock the world through story. There's no cheat codes or restarts in life, but we can learn from one another to expand the world around us. So gear up, press start, and dive in. All right. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, TK Johnson. I go by a few names, TK, Caitlin, KP, whatever you want to call me. But as an author and lover of stories, I seem to know very little about the world. I haven't experienced a lot of it. And I found myself very oftentimes scared of what the world had to offer. And so I thought one of the best ways to expand my life was through listening to other people's stories. And today I am here with Karina Hale, who is an ambassador of hope. Other titles that she carries are wife, mother, sister, friend, and so much more. Uh, But Karina, I am so thankful that you are here. So thankful that you're willing to share your story, mostly because I know it's something that's very vulnerable, it's raw. It's not just your story, but your family's story, stories that have happened to you, your husband, your, your children. And it's something that you don't shy away from telling about. And so I'm very grateful because I know how hard it is to almost relive this every time you tell it. But I know that you have such a great faith story and such a great testimony that you're able to share this and and help guide others through what you've been through. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So to give a really brief, brief summary, uh, I'm going to just quickly list the kind of events that you've been through in your life. And then if you would just dive into a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about these experiences and how your family went through them. Um, first of all, uh, and we didn't talk about this one. I just want to mention, I remember growing up knowing you, you had Crohn's disease and I, I didn't even talk to you about this in advance to say, can we, can we discuss that? But I remember that being something that you grew up with, um, that it was something that was discussed again, once you got married and were having kids. Um, I know that you've had multiple miscarriages, a son diagnosed with leukemia twins that were, uh, both bone marrow matches for uh, Seth when he needed a bone marrow transplant for his leukemia. Uh, you had a nearly, well, the boys, two of your boys had a nearly fatal car accident uh, a couple of years later. And then uh, there was another cancer scare in one of your daughters as well. So that's the very brief, quick version of some of the events of your adult life. Tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us really just what happened um, and what God has done in your life since then. Mm, it would be my joy to share that stuff. Um, so I guess from beginning to end, you started with Crohn's disease and, um, yeah, growing up, I had a lot of health issues and they're kind of unexplained, maybe stressors in my life. I don't know. Um, I dealt with that until I was about 19 years old. I was in Bible, Bible college, and I had met the love of my life, Kurt. And, um, at that point I was in and out of the hospital. I was on a lot of medications and, um, you know, with his help, I tried something natural and it's about a one year thing where I would take these natural aloe pills that would give me high doses of aloe all at once, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. I took 11 a day or something, Mm -hmm. um, really strict diet. And after one year I was symptom free and 17 years ago, and I have maybe had two like flare-ups of Crohn's since. So I don't even think it's Crohn's anymore. I don't, I don't really even say I have Crohn's anymore. Mm. So, um, yeah, health is great. Um, but that definitely came up again when we started trying to have kids, because we were told when I was going through treatment and, you know, getting help for that, that I might not be able to have kids. 
And so our very first pregnancy was only four or five months into marriage. And I found out that I was pregnant. I didn't know. I had no idea. And, um, when we went in, they said, well, you're probably only six weeks along and we can't find a heartbeat. Mm. So go home and you're probably going to miscarry and whatever. And, um, so I, I got home and miscarried about a week later, but when I passed these babies, there were two of them and Mm. they were about the size of my palm. And that means I was probably like 16 weeks along, which means we probably got pregnant almost right away. And, um, so that was very unexpected, hard and traumatizing to pass babies at home that size. And maybe it's gotten better now, but we didn't talk about it at all back then. I had no idea what to do or how to process that, but fast forward just a little bit. We, we had Jaden, his name is Jaden Ezra and his name means Jehovah hears and Jehovah helps. And, um, so definitely an answer to prayer. Then we had Seth one year later mm-hmm. and, um, his name means anointed one. And I love to see how God has fulfilled that in his life. Um, we had another miscarriage after that. And then God gave us twins, uh, which we love. That was a total answer to prayer. And then another miscarriage after that. And then two more babies, Nora Mm -hmm. and Laurel. So, uh, six babies here and four in heaven. And I always wanted 10 kids. So the Lord answered (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So the next thing that you mentioned was that we had a child with cancer. And I love Caitlin that I get to talk with you this week because we're only one and a half weeks away from celebrating, um, seven years since Mm. Seth's bone marrow transplant. So in March of 2014, Kurt and I had had these thoughts, like something's not right with him. His color is off. He's he's complaining and even crying about pain in his legs. And Mm. so we're just noticing this stuff and it was not settling well with me. And I asked him, can I just take him in and get him looked at? He, you know, sometimes dads are a little more like, oh, he's by, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, we waited throughout the weekend and we tried some high iron diets, um, even some iron supplements. Mm. And by Monday evening, I was just like, I've got to take him in. And after a little bit of pushing, Kurt said, you can go. And so I took him to the ER that night and, um, within 45 minutes, we were in the back of an ambulance heading down to the children's children's hospital right here in Jacksonville. And, um, we had the diagnosis of leukemia and, uh, after some genetic tests came back, um, we found out one month later that he had a very high risk form that pretty much made his cancer smart. And so it learned how to beat any treatment that we gave him, which meant he had to have a transplant. There was no treatment that would have worked. And so at that point, then it was like, Lord, please give us a match. We have to have a 100% match in our family, or he doesn't really have a chance, you know? And so we prayed and waited after our whole family was tested. Um, we, I think it was about two weeks that we waited and it was excruciating. But, uh, we found out after two weeks, the nurse whispered in my ear, by the way, both of your twins are 100% matches. So God used Eric, our then three-year-old little guy 
to donate his bone marrow and save Seth's life. And we are now, like I said, at seven years post-transplant and you would never, ever know what this child has lived through. So I love the phrase I've heard you use a couple of times that Eric already had so much life. It was all right to give and share a little that he was the most vibrant kid ever had so much life to give. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He had life to spare. (laughs) Yes. Um, and it's still shocking to me to share, but, um, four years later, Seth, the one that was diagnosed with cancer and our oldest Jaden, uh, we, we were heading to the beach one day and they hopped in with my dad and I was ahead of them by a mile or two Mm. and on their way, they were hit broadside by a semi truck. And so Seth had glass just blast in his face. And so from forehead down to his neck, he was just covered. And Jaden, when the semi truck hit them, it started to inch up on the car and swallow it a little bit. And Mm. that caused the top of the car to crunch in onto his head. Mm. And we believe that that is what caused his brain injury. And he had, um, about a softball size brain fracture, skull fracture. And, um, and then we didn't realize this until all the way through his brain surgery that he also had a torn muscle as well as a severed artery in his stomach. Mm. So he bled out like completely bled out that day and mm. was resuscitated three times. Um, he has a very lumpy forehead now. <laughs> <laughs> However, aside from that, you can, I mean, he's almost 100% who mm-hmm. he was before. Um, he suffers from a little bit of short-term memory loss and some situational appropriate behavior um, issues. But besides that, uh, it's just incredible to me. So yeah. So now we're uh, next week celebrating three years since the accident. Again, all the timing. I love how it's lining up with us talking about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that that was all, I think I covered it. Yeah. I mean, I just remember a little bit of news. Well, and let me backtrack a little bit. I, from my own experience with what happened to you and some of this might sound a little cold hearted. So I apologize to anyone who's like, what in the, who is this girl hosting this podcast? She's terrible. But I remember getting the phone call about Seth having leukemia And my mom called me, uh, called me and my husband, she was in tears. And I remember hanging up thinking like, is it that big of a deal? Kids get leukemia all the time and they'll be fine. You know, we'll pray about it. They there's chemo these days, but I'm also the person who thought miscarriages were a thing of the past. I thought that only happened in medieval times. Like I thought we figured out miscarriages. So I remember being in college when I figured out miscarriages still happen. It happened to my sister. And I remember being absolutely shocked that that was even possible with today's medicine. But then mm-hmm. hearing about says leukemia, I thought, oh, well, ki- I know so many people who've gotten through leukemia when they were kids, you know, mm-hmm. and then walking or not really, I wasn't really walking through that journey with you. I was just watching from social media posts and the news that you shared with family. And that's the journey that I saw. And I realized there is so much more to leukemia than just, oh, we got to do some chemo and then my kid will be fine, mm-hmm. you know? And then 
we moved to Atlanta. My husband and I moved to Atlanta. We started spending holidays with you guys because you were the closest family to us. We spent Christmas with you one year and I just got to know those boys so well, especially the boys. I got to know Eric and Lydia, the twins too, uh, Laurel and (laughs) Nora. Nora. I was about to say Nova, Nora. They weren't even (laughs) born yet. Like, look at me. I can't even remember their names because I just, I haven't spent that much time with them, but I just remember we created such a bond and friendship with Seth and Jaden that when I got the phone call about the car accident, I left work early. I bawled my whole way home. And I was like, how, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional now. I'm like, how does Karina do this? How in the world has she made it through everything she's been through? And to be like, I just got to know them. Like we just started this relationship and here I am losing it. How in the world and why, why Lord is, are you having one more terrible thing happen to this family? Haven't they been through enough? And I'm sure you've heard that often. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's always, you know, what I hear and what I think in my head is haven't they been through enough? Haven't like, why can't this be it? Can't they live happy lives together now? (laughs) Uh, is really how it feels. Um, and so you look at all these situations you've been through and they're not over really. When you think about it, Mm -hmm. you still post about glass coming out of Seth's face. You guys still pull glass from his skin. And, you know, there's, there's brain scans that you still do for Jaden and some work that you still have to do because of the accident three years ago. So we, a while back had a conversation about faith and fear back in the day. I feel like a lot of people, they saw bad things happen and they thought, oh, it must be because you're a bad person, you know, karma almost, but like, oh, if something bad is happening to them, it must be because they're sinful. You know, that's the old way of thinking these days, people be reading their Bibles. They've heard about Job and they've learned that if you have a strong faith, if you have a strong relationship with God, there will be trials, there will be tough times. But I think people have sometimes looked at your life and I know I've been this person to say, I want a faith like hers but I do not want to go through the hardships that you guys have been through. Like, can't I have a great faith without that? And it almost makes me shy away from having a stronger relationship with the Lord because I don't want to go through those hardships. So talk to me, (laughs) what do you have to say to people like me who see your life and think that, you know, what, how do you get through those situations? Yeah. Um, well, I can't lie and, and say, you know, that I don't wish that things could be easier mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, or yeah. I wish that the accident was the hard, the hardest, the last hard thing that we would face. You know what I mean? I already yeah. know that it's not, but I wish it were. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have to say that, you know, if you're looking for something that makes it worth it, an anchored faith in the Lord, that alone makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, So one day our faith is going to be made sight. And I, I dream about that day when I get to look at my God and I get to hug him and I get to touch his face. Mm. I dream about that day because that's the day that makes all this suffering, all these little babies that have died of cancer or the nights that are just unmentionable after Jaden's cancer Mm. or after Jaden's car accident. Um, that's, that is the day that it's going to be all worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a verse in first Corinthians two, nine that says no eye has seen nor has ear heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Mm -hmm. And so isn't that worth it too, that we have an eternity that, that is comfort 
and that's joy and that's no more tears, you know, um, because you're right, you know, in this world, we will have suffering, but you know, that's another passage that he says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm. And it makes me think too, of an old hymn that says, it'll be worth it all. When I see Jesus, life's trials will seem so small. When we see Christ, one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Mm. So he's our undeserved reward. He's, he's the, the only answer I can give you. He's Mm. worth it. You posted, uh, just a quick little something yesterday or not yesterday, a couple of days ago. And it said the first five minutes in heaven will make all the suffering on earth worth it. And that I just had to stop. I had to read it a couple of times. I had to think about it because I don't think we can always wrap our minds around that. Sometimes it means convincing ourselves of that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to trudge forward or crawl one more, you know, one more step because right now it's hard to believe that, but I know it's right. And I know it's true. So I'm going to keep going, you know? Yeah. 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 How I'm going to deviate just a little bit. Cause I know that we're, we're going to have this conversation in two parts. Um, you have used this story to talk to so many other people, help so many other people. I know you're still very actively involved in the lives of other families with children struggling with cancer and leukemia. I know that you've helped a lot of people through marital situations because of either the death of a child or something that's happened to their child or just marital situations, marriage is hard in general, let alone, you know, a traumatic event in someone's life. Talk to me a little bit through that. How have you found that God has opened doors through this for you? besides just being on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, second Corinthians talks about in the very first chapter, it talks about, um, that when you go through something and you receive the comfort of God, uh, there will be times that you can comfort others with the mm-hmm. same comfort with which you were comforted. Um, and so we prayed for that from almost day one, Lord use this so that we can help others through it mm-hmm. because we have the greatest hope. And so often our kids can be our God. They can be our greatest. Mm, Yes. And so if they're our God and they're sick and could die, well, my life is shattered and over. And I hate God because what kind of a God would take my child? Mm. And that is not to belittle or diminish the hardship of really our greatest gift from God. It really is. They are our greatest gifts from God our spouse and our kids. Mm. Um, however, they're not our God. Mm. And so when we have met other families with kids that are suffering or dying of cancer, the greatest thing that we can impart to them is our faith is the word of God, you know? And so we have gotten so many opportunities with many families who uh, either have no faith or used to, And now they're just angry and, um, but then some that have the same shared faith as us, and we've gotten to fellowship through tears, you know, through this stuff, but, Mm -hmm. but some might ask too, why marriage ministry? Why would we be even talking about a ministry to marriage when we're talking about sick kids? Yeah. And it's probably something that I wouldn't have known, but when a marriage, uh, when, when a couple goes through a hardship like this with a child, let alone multiple, um, the divorce rate climbs to 80% 
And if that child dies, it's 90%. And those might be old numbers. So we're talking almost guaranteed divorce. Mm. And so, man, that has been one of our greatest passions since the beginning of this is how can we help care for marriages, you know? And so we try to come alongside in any way we can, even if it's caring for your sick child, because we can, we know how, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, you've go been on through it. Date. You know, the rules. <laughs> yes. Go on a date and love each other. And, and I have to say, my husband was so good at that. Like he was such an example of loving me well during times when we were so emotionally vulnerable and exhausted. He kept giving and treasuring and loving me well, and it helps to gift, help gift that to others. You know, your marriage is worth fighting for during Mm -hmm. this. So, yeah. I feel like that's something I don't have kids, but I know I always want to preach to the rooftops. You know, it can't be all about your kids. You have to focus on your marriage because one day the kids will be gone, whether through a tragedy Unfortunately, you know, it does happen or it could just be they are off to college and you're empty nesters, you know, your marriage isn't about having babies. I know a number of women who have babies because their marriage is struggling. And they're like, if we just have a baby, he'll see that baby and he'll love it. And he'll love me again. And you know, it'll be all be okay. And you know, that's a normal living situation that people are feeling that way. And so I love that you you know, you speak to that, like your marriage is important. Yes. It's about what's happening to your child. Like this traumatic event is happening, but we have to witness to a marriage as well, because you need each other to get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have one more question before we wrap up this part one of our episode. Um, and it's kind of a tough one and it's not on our outline of something we're going to talk about, but I am sure because I have a great imagination and I don't need one to know this, but I am sure you had days that were awful, that were dark, that were in the trenches that you didn't want to get up in the morning, or you, you said, no, I'm done. Or maybe just begging the Lord to make it all stop. I, I don't know. But if you've had days like that, how did you find yourself getting up and out of them? What, what brought you out? Or maybe it wasn't that, you know, a moment that brought you out. might've been a couple of days it took for you to kind of get out of those trenches, but what got you out of bed on the, in the mornings in those terrible times? Yep. Well, if it's okay, I'll be specific about yeah. three different things. Yeah. When we found out that Seth had the genetic, um, component and that he, you know, he had 20% chance to live instead of 90. Mm. Kurt and I laid in bed that night and wept. And we talked about where he might be buried. And if we should buy family plots at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have never, I have never felt like that before or since, Mm -hmm. um, that was, that was very memorable. Um, and, and I think it was the beginning of a couple of weeks that were dark and by dark, I mean, I felt like I was walking through a dark cloud and I had no idea how to get back to reality in a way, you know, like, yeah, I remember losing my smile. Mm-hmm. I walked into a store and instead of looking people in the eye, I looked down at the ground, I got what I needed and I left. Um, so all I can say to those things is I personally did not struggle with anger against God, Mm -hmm. but more that 
I needed his strength to, like we already said, trudge forward, you know, keep moving. And I would say my greatest um, motivator or my greatest, um, I, I guess, reason to continue on was because I cannot stand the thought of this trial being wasted. Mm. And if I, if I respond in anger, or if I stay in my bed and have a temper tantrum, because I don't want to go through it like that can change it. <laughs> um, what if that's my response? So I am literally showing the world there's nothing, there's nothing for you in this Christian faith. faith. Mm. It doesn't make a difference. Mm. So I viewed the things that we went through as a platform to show the world. He changes things. I've met God (laughs) and my life is different because I met him. And so because of that, if I lose my child, I am telling you, I will be grief stricken and I will be devastated, but he's good. And I'll praise him. Mm. It makes me think of Job, you know? all of his kids died and immediately he worshiped God. Hmm. And I pray, you know, that that would have been me. And I can't speak to that, but I know that that was my heart's desire was to honor God in whatever platform and moving forward to honor God in whatever platform he has going forward. Hmm. So I hope that that answers what you, what you wanted to know, but that that's what was in my heart for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. All right. So I feel like we've done a good job setting up, getting to know you, what you have been through, where your heart is. And so listeners, if you're, if you're listening this far, thank you so much for being a part of this. Again, Karina has shared that she loves, not not loves, you know, everything that you've been, but you love to be able to use this for God. You love to be able to share your story to show that God is real. As you said, you have seen him and look at what he has done. Look at the amazing miracles that he has done. So we're going to have a part two where we get into a little bit more nitty gritty of practical things, you know, how to talk to your kids when, when something like this happens or in the multiple situations that you've had, how to have conversations with your kids, uh, what you can do to help your marriage. Uh, I have a couple, let's see what kind of wording to use when talking to your kids. Uh, what is Karina's Jesus routine? As I call it, you know, we all talk about how we should do our devotions and spend time in prayer, but you know, that's hard to do. We all admit it. We'd rather scroll on our phones and read our scriptures sometimes. So what is your routine? If we're going to give a good example of, you know, how to live a, a life of faith, what does that practically look like? So join us for part two and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the expansion pack podcast for information about our guests, references, or resources mentioned in this episode, visit tkjohnsonbooks.com. Have a question for our host or guest? Visit their specific episode on the website to ask us. As you continue your day, don't forget to expand your life through listening to the stories around you. Thank you and see you next time.